Today, Lord, we are grateful for your presence. We thank you for blessing us. And again, for those that are traveling, Sister Florence, as she goes to see her son, we pray for traveling mercy. We lift up marriages around this country, around this place. We lift them up in a special way, hearing about marriages in Petaluma just recently, praying for the churches there. We know that the enemy is attacking. He wants The enemy wants to tear down what God has made, has ordained from the beginning of time, but he's a lie. Today we pray that you will um, do a work in the lives of marriages and families, that relationships will be restored, that lives will be changed to honor you. Now today as we pray, as we read the word, and as we preach the word, would you give us ears to hear what's said today in this place, may the people take it to those that they come into contact with. We give your name all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Sister Michelle, for bringing your grandchildren and bringing them to church. That is wonderful. I really am always glad to see children in church. In your Bibles, if you would turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 23, I'm going to read the first 12 verses, and then I'm going to read a couple of other passages that Michelle does, Sister Michelle doesn't have there. But Matthew, chapter 23, verses 1 through 12. Matthew 23, and this is what it says. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. So do and observe whatever they tell you, but not the works they do. For they preach, but do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them on people's shoulders. But they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. They do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long. And they love the place of honor at feasts and the best seats in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces and being called rabbi by others. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher and you are all brothers. And call no man your father on earth, for you have one Father who is in heaven. Neither be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Christ. The greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Thank you, Sister Michelle. If you would turn with me over to the book of Numbers, in the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Chapter 15, chapter 15, verses 37 through 39. Numbers chapter 15, verses 37 through 39. And this is what it says. The Lord said to Moses, speak to the people of Israel and tell them to make tassels on the corners of the garments throughout their generation, and to put a cord of blue on the tassel of each corner. I'm going to read a little bit more. And it shall be a tassel for you to look at and remember all the commandments of the Lord, to do them, not to follow after your own heart and your own eyes. 
If you would turn right over to the book of Deuteronomy, the next book over, chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 through 8. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall tie and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Let me read next verse 8. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. And some of the things that is mentioned here for lactors, I will say a little bit more about as we go on. In fact, what I probably should do, just for definition's sake, is go ahead and just tell you or give you um, the word for lactories. It was a, a box, a little prayer box that individuals, the, the priests would uh, tie on their foreheads. So what we read over in Deuteronomy read in numbers when it said tie them on your arms on your wrists it was a way of taking the scriptures that god had given and literally binding them to themselves so that they would not forget and this is what the lord accuses them of and they were called phylacteries they was they were often worn on the left arm they were tied, a small box, with scriptures on it. Scriptures from Exodus, a couple of some of the passages. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5, and then 11, chapter 11, and some verses there. And they contained some of the passages of Moses' book, the law. And they put these passages there and put them in their phylacteries as they felt literally carrying out the word of God. The problem is that Jesus accuses them of doing it for show. The title of this message is True Words Accompanied by Lying Actions. True Words Accompanied by Lying Actions. The challenge for any generation is to have their words and their actions to line up with one another. That's a challenge for any people. Having our words match up with what we do. There are some things I told my wife I was going to do a long time ago, like hang up some chimes for her. Eleven years later, they are not hung up. She reminded me a couple of weeks ago, but you know what? I knew that they weren't hung up because they weren't hung up because I heard some chimes when I was in my office. I said, "Oh, the chimes!" And shortly after that, she told me she must have heard them too because it brought it to her mind. It had been a long time, and they're not there. I planned to do it. I told her I was going to do it, but it's my intention before the year is out. Our actions and our words don't always line up. We often say what we are going to do only to have our actions turn and run south. 
They go in a completely different direct direction. And, and even though we at times may mean good, we oftentimes speak more so at the moment and what the, the feeling is at that time. And then sometimes later we say, why in the world did I say I would do that? We overcommit ourselves and, and then try to figure out a way how to get out of it. We find it very, very hard to have our words always come together with our actions. The scribes and the Pharisees would complain when they realized that Jesus spoke a parable against them. They were ones that told the people various things about the law, but whenever they were called out, they would get upset. Yet they constantly spoke negatively about Jesus and tried to validate their behavior as being protectors of the law. The reason that we are doing this is because we are the protectors of the law. We must not forget that as Jesus is, is having, has just ended this debate with them, we must not forget that Jesus is heading to the cross. He's in this last week. He is on his way to Calvary. And as I've told you before, while Jesus has not forgotten his purpose, he is still ministering to the people. It is right after he has silenced these Pharisees, by asking them a question about David, that he turns his attention shortly after this to the, scri- to the, the people that are there and to his disciples. Now, the disciples would not necessarily only be the twelve. It may be also other disciples that were following. Remember, there is a large group of people in Jerusalem at this time. Why? It is Passover. There would be Gentiles in the, in, the, in the community as well. So whoever was part of this group, Jesus blasts the Pharisees. And, and, and as we look later on in this passage, you are going to, we're going to deal with the seven woes that the Lord pronounces against the Pharisees. Point number one, not practicing what they preach. As Jesus is teaching, we want to keep in mind that some of the, those in the crowd are people, as I mentioned, that have come to Jerusalem for the Passover. And, and, and as tradition would have it, uh, they would come and go through these, the ceremonies, have the Passover dinner. Some of them would stay there um, additional time and then head on back home. But this Passover was going to be a completely different thing that they would be talking about for years to come. Jesus is going to the cross. Jesus is going to the cross. Have you ever stood up and you were about to say something only to have your thoughts leave before you get them out? Have you ever had that happen to you? Have you ever run down the stairs if you got stairs or come out of a room and get to the living room or the kitchen and stand there? And you stand there with a puzzled look on your face. What's wrong? I came down for something, but I don't remember what it is. And then you think, well, maybe if I go back to the place where I started, I'm going back upstairs, and maybe my memory may be jogged. And you go back up, and right before you get to, oh, I remember what it is. Go on back down and try to quickly do it before you forget again. That hasn't happened to you. Keep on living. 
keep right on living. Yep, some of y'all getting old. Thank God that he's kept me from getting old. I stopped at 29 and get no old. 29 and stop. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> but it is the Lord who never forgets. No matter what interruptions, no matter what happens, he never forgets and has forgotten why he came to earth. He didn't get it. So now what is it that I was supposed to do? I know I came here for something. Thank the Lord that he did not forget his goal. You ought to give God some praise, the fact that he included you. He came just for you. The religious leaders would tend to forget why they are actually here. Somehow they thought that they were here for themselves. Do you not know that you are not here for yourself? You were made for the glory of God. You were made to glorify him. You are not made to glorify yourself. Get out the mirror. No, no, look at yourself in the mirror before you leave the house. Let me pick, pick it back and then take it back. Have you ever had something happen to you when you got something wrong and you get home at the end of the day and you look at, oh, how long has that been in my face? And nobody said nothing to me. Has that ever happened to you? Thank God that Jesus would tell you just like it is. Thank God for people who say, you know, you got something. Yeah, 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 you, got, you got it. Thank you. Thank you. You want people to be honest with you. Jesus is one who does not cut corners. He tells the people what they need to hear. You see, he's about to go. He's about to leave. And, 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 and he wants the people to know that your words need to be supported by your actions. You don't want to be like the scribes and the Pharisees who's always teaching, and, and that's good, but they don't back up what they say by how they live. The Lord has silenced the group of people that have come to him, and as his custom, he turns to the people and tells a sermon and a message about those who have come to them. And the Lord says that, you see these individuals, they tie heavy burdens on you. They won't do anything about it. But I want you to know that they have the word of God, so listen and do what they say, but don't do as they do. So the thing that we first want to note is that the Lord actually gives them a commendation. He says, they are teaching what is right. We, we, we don't want to forget that. Even though their conduct and how they acted was wrong, they were teaching the people the word. And the Lord says, do what they say. We don't, run, we don't want to run past that. No, carefully. Their actions are contrary to the words. The Lord says, do what they say. He exhorts the people and the disciples to do the very thing which is the word of God. Do you not know that you have a responsibility to obey God when you don't even feel like it? Your feelings will at times tell you you don't need to do it just that way. When the Lord says, yes, you need to do it just that way. I'm reading the book that Sister Michelle gave me last week that she is, was the one that was the editor, and, and, and I couldn't put it down last week. It was a very, it's a very intriguing book. But, but it, 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 I'm just amazed. I won't go so much into it, but it's a, it's, it's, it's a good book. But I, I, I will just say this. I was intrigued when we look at God's commandments. 
As we know, the commandments and obeying God's commandments are not the end in itself. They are pointing to someone, and that is Jesus, the Messiah. The other thing that was intriguing to me is that when we consider the fact that God gave the law, he already knew that people would break the law and already made a way, given just a couple of laws to obey in a perfect world, Adam and Eve still blew it. Even though they had paradise, perfect. Do you not know that they still broke the law? So therefore, the reasoning goes, what do you think would happen when they got to Sinai and got 613 laws? If there was perfection and we could not obey the law, the end is not the law, but the law points to Christ. We've got to, we've got, got to never forget, never forget that scripture points to the Lord God Almighty Jesus. And as Jesus is teaching, if the people really knew and understood who was there, do you not know people are still arguing and trying to decide today who Jesus is? Is he really the Messiah? Is it, who is he? Was he just a good man? The matter has been settled. There is no one else besides Christ that's coming. You need to stop looking at Mr. and Mrs. Horoscope. They don't have the answers for you. I tell you that you need to stop calling those 1-800 numbers. Now they make them 900 so that you can pay. Stop calling those individuals or having your friends. I know some of y'all ain't calling. No, 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 y'all ain't calling. Y'all not trying to find out what somebody else says when God has told you. Have you ever found yourself trying to get somebody to agree with you? Just one person, 99 people minute tell you, no, this is what the Lord says. And you find one person, well, I don't know. Maybe you can't do it the way. Good, I'm going to do it just the way you told me. Why? We want to do things our way. It is Christ that we are to follow. It is the Lord that we are to follow. And the Lord is leading and telling the people here, the disciples and the crowd, it's the word of God that you need to follow because it points to someone, him. Now, Follow the word, but don't do what they say. Now he says they seat, they sit in the seat of Moses. The seat of Moses was a seat of teaching. It was a seat of, of authority where people looked to. It was a seat that Moses fulfilled, Moses being the greatest prophet. So we consider that Jesus says they sit in the seat of Moses. And when they were sitting there, they took it upon themselves that you've got to listen to us because we have all truth. You see, there, there, there's something that, 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 that's ugly with pride. There was one year we went skating from here, took some young people. And there was one guy skating. Oh, he, was, he really was good. But he came up to where we were, and as he began to talk and brag on himself, it became ugly. Like, oh. And you wanted him just to stop. Let somebody else praise him, but no, he was just going on and on. And, 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 and as you see people like this, your, your heart and your mind begins to change towards them. You see, that's what the, the Pharisees and the scribes were like. They were always trying to bolster themselves. And so they took a position that is seen as Moses, as the teacher of the law, and they made it an idol. They're not recognizing that Moses actually was forecasting and foretelling about Jesus. 
Moses was not teaching his own words nor his own doctrine. You don't come in your own name. You, you hear me? You don't go in your own name. When you go and you represent God, you're going as a representative. You are an ambassador. It does not end with you, but it ends with him. Your goal and job is to point people to Christ. And the Pharisees and the religious leaders, they evidently didn't remember or acknowledge that. They didn't remember that's their goal. And sometimes we forget what our goal is in life. We begin to go off somewhere else, and it's called mission drift. We forget what we're supposed to be doing. If people began to say, I'm not going to church because hypocrites are there, you should point out the verse that the Lord says, do what they say, but not what they do. If you are saying there are hypocrites in the church, that is no excuse not to go. Because there is the responsibility of still hearing the word of God. There are many people today who say that I don't go to church because of. I I don't do this because of. Well, how many of you don't drive a car because a person gets in a car and and drinks or a person decides that they're going to do something illegal? You don't say, I'm not going to drive anymore. But it only seems to be related to those things that are important, that are spiritual, that we stop. How many people get harassed on the job? You don't say, I'm never going back to work again. But you say, I ain't never going back to church again. We tend to put God, the most important one in our lives, to the side, and then we will lift up and pick up those things that are secondary, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, all the way down the road and elevate those things. Well, you know I got to go because of. So we need to understand and know that we are pointing people to God. And the Lord is letting this, this group, the disciples and the people to know that you've got a responsibility to do what the Lord says. Verse number four, they tie heavy loads. The idea of tying a heavy load was that they would tie these loads on animals. The purpose of having these donkeys and animals was that you would take this load, bind them, but when the Lord says they tie heavy loads on them, it's not the fact that they are just overloaded. It's the fact that the load is unbalanced. So when these loads are tied on them, the load is not properly balanced. When you come to the Lord, and Lord knows I'm still learning this, there has to be balance in your life. When the religious leaders would tie these loads on individuals, they would teach them, and then they would stand back and watch them under this load and do nothing about it. Now, none of you do that. None of you put undue burdens and pressure on people. None of you do it. So I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about your your neighbor that's down the street, but not you. (laughs) We have weights. We have things. and, and, And the Lord is saying that these religious leaders are doing these things. You need to watch for it. Here's a tremendous warning. If people would just read the word of God, if they would just take the word of God, oh, there's so much that we could really, really learn. The Lord says, when they tie these loads on you, they won't even take a finger and do anything to help. One of the things that we should be very appreciative when it comes to the word of God is that the Lord does not withhold from us 
the good and the bad things that took place. If you are only wanting to hear that which is good, then you don't have the possibility of really being able to grow in a balanced way. If you only surround yourself with people or things that only make you feel good and prop you up, then you won't have the balance that you need in order to grow. You see, growth comes by the fact of having to go through the struggles, go through the difficulties. And as the Lord is teaching these people, he is telling them things that they need to hear that they may not always want to, but he's letting them know this is what you need to do. Don't be like, because the tendency will be that once you get up in age or once you begin to learn some things, you're going to want to become proud. You're going to begin to do these things. And so there's a warning that's given. You see, it's always good to have the positive and the warnings. It's good to have that. And you look at the book of Revelation. The Lord often gives commendation, but he often, and often he also says to them, but this is what you also need to do to correct a particular problem. The religious leaders did not see any fault with themselves. So they tied these heavy burdens on the individuals and made them do things that was not even according to God's law, all the things that they we're not doing. They put these burdens on and, not di- and didn't do anything to help them. So we have to be aware and careful of what we say and what we do. Verse number five. They do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they make their phylacteries broad. If you recall, there was a woman who had an issue of blood. And this woman had been bleeding for 12 years. And she said to herself when she heard Jesus passing by, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. And as I've told you before, and as you've seen here in what we have read, on the garments of many of the actual priests and rabbis, rabbis were tassels. And in the, the tassels that were attached, it was a reminder for the people to obey the Lord's word. And so it was to help them to remember what they were to do, so that when they saw these tassels, it should prompt them to, oh, I am to follow the ways of the Lord. So when they would tie these or sew these tassels on, this is what it was to remind the people. You see, when the woman says, if I can just just touch the hem of his garment, it, it is believed that it was not the literal hem, but the tassel that was attached to the hem that she actually touched. The Bible said that she was healed. The religious leaders got in the habit of making these tassels extravagant, long, and would draw attention to them by the people so that the people would more so go ooh and ah over the tassel rather than being reminded to obey the word of God. You've got to be careful that your actions and your deeds and what you do don't point people to you, but point people to see the Lord God Almighty. And so the Lord said that they make these tassels, they attach them to their garments, which were to allow the people to see Christ. And what do they do? It says they do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long. So rather than a standard length, they add some maybe feet to it. (laughs) 
And then they make their phylacteries broad. So rather than a very small prayer box, they have a big box on their forehead walking around. What in the world? And what would it do? It would make the people think, oh, they are so holy. Now, I carry a big Bible. It ain't because I'm so holy that I carry a big Bible. You know, I look at me. Brother Small, I need a a cart. Can you go get a cart for me so I can carry my Bible? Can't hardly lift it. No. There's some things that I like to study. It ain't got nothing to do with how holy a person is, how big the Bible is. But these individuals would make these phylacteries and they would would have them broad and they would have them long in order to draw attention to them. The Lord says, listen to the words, but not to their actions. Their actions are lying. Why? Because it's pointing people to them. I do really wish that people, when they were offended by someone, would run to the house of God. Wouldn't it be great if you were offended by somebody on the outside? He said, I just need to get to the house of God because I've got to go pray. Because I'm about to do something that I don't want to do. Let me get to the house of the Lord. And most times, in case we do the very opposite, we say, oh, I ain't going to church right now. Mm-mm. I got some business to take care of. And if I go to church, I might get convicted. No, I'm going to handle this on my own. I've done that. Oh, I'm, I'm mm-mm. I, I, you know, you kind of tune out certain things you don't want to hear at certain times. No, I want to I wanna handle this. It's a mistake. Mistake is a mistake. It's a mistake. One of the things that we come to realize is that when God is our focus, when the Lord is our focus, whatever may happen, whatever we may do, whatever the situation may be, it should help us to connect to the Lord. Whatever we're doing for the Lord, however big, however small, it should help us to remember God gets the praise. The religious leaders in these big phylacteries and these long tassels would go around the marketplace so that people would see them. Be careful that your actions are matching up with your words. In verses 6 through 10, be careful running to the best seat at banquets. Be careful running to the best seats. And they love the place of honor at feasts and the best seats in the synagogue and greetings in the marketplaces and being called rabbi by others. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher. Let me note this. In the custom of the Orient, or the Jewish custom, these days, they had reclining couches. People would eat, not as we eat today, sitting down or sitting in your car driving like I do, dropping things and on my towel. And, oh, no, they would recline. They would recline on their left elbow with their head towards the table, the feet away, and they would be lined up based and depending on The occasion, if it was a banquet, the seat of honor, oftentimes they're in a U frame. And the person that was at the seat of honor or the honoree or the honored guest would be at the head. And everyone there else, based on ranking, would then follow along that way. The Bible says they love to sit 
have the feast where they're at the honored places at feast as well as the best seats in the synagogues. So that you would find these religious leaders longing and putting themselves always in a place to be seen. Giving themselves special honor and recognition so that people are always looking at them and basically worshiping them. So when they would lie down on their elbow, they would reach the food with the right hand and they would eat. Do you remember the, the Last Supper when Jesus said that one of you are going to betray me, one of you will? And there were the disciples says, ask him which one. And there was one that was close, I believe it was John. Ask him who was going to betray you. And the one where I dip the bread in the dip and hand it to it, that's the one. And was able to do it quietly. But they ate reclining. And, and they would love to be in this place of honor. Be careful, the Lord says, not to do that. Then don't call people rabbis and teachers. Now, you know, you've got to be careful. We're not to call a person our father. Well, if that was the true meaning, then the Lord... When he said, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the earth. It's not that, that one is not to call a person a father because clearly the Lord acknowledges that in the book of Ephesians chapter 4. That there are some that are apostles and teachers and, and prophets and evangelists. And so we know their titles. But it, it, it was the idea that you are not to seek these positions as teachers and as leaders so that you are elevated to the place of being the one so recognized that they only see you. Not that you cannot call these individuals or call people teachers. See, the word, when we think of the word uh, teacher, uh, the, the word actually means tutor. A teacher was a, a tutor. And, and so it was the, the idea and the, and, and, the, and the teacher, Jesus, who was saying that you're not to be called the great one, the Messiah as the tutor. The meaning of the, or the word in the Greek, kathenetes, um, kathenetes is tutor. It means one who is a tutor. Matthew 23, 10, it refers to a, teach, a tutor. So when Jesus says, don't be called teacher, it was a position and one where the individuals were raised to a high level. And the individuals of the Pharisees and the scribes, they were always seeking honor. So I, I caution you today in this word as we prepare to bring this message to a conclusion, that as you take the word of God, as you take what he is saying, that you never forget that your role as a child of God, as a brother of your fellow parishioners, that you are a servant. You see, even when you are a teacher or a pastor, your role is as a servant. I don't know why they didn't recognize me. They should give me some honor. The Bible says, give honor to whom honor is due. So it's good to be honored. Well, the Bible said, no, you need to give honor to whom honor is due. But one has to be very careful because why? If we begin to puff ourselves up and only look to be praised, we run the risk of being disappointed when we don't get the recognition that we feel we deserve. You have a responsibility to obey the word of God. 
even when you don't want to. In verses 11 and 12, the greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Only in the Christian life, or primarily I should say, do we find this paradoxical situation where individuals who really want to be elevated must become servants or must humble themselves. In the body of Christ, the way up is really down. And when one is humbled, it's the Lord that raises you up. The Lord has a way of doing things that just completely baffles the world. It completely baffles individuals. It, it completely baffles the Pharisees and the scribes, how, how the disciples of Jesus who didn't go to school, how they knew the things that they did, how they were ever able to carry on ministry. There were no bodies. We went to the most the most prestigious schools, they said, and, 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 and so they fought hard, and yet it was the disciples, those fishermen, those individuals that nobody really looked to, that turned this world upside down, who themselves were arguing, which of them is the greatest, and then wanted to act like they didn't know what Jesus was talking about when he says, hey, fellas, what were you talking about on the road? It was this group that was with Jesus that learned the principle of what it meant to humble oneself and serve God. And these 12 turned the world completely around. And so when we consider even this small carpenter who nobody really seemed to initially have known come on the scene, he changed and turned upside down the customs. He spoke against the religious leaders in ways that nobody else had ever done and told the people, he had the nerve to tell the people, listen to what they say, but don't do what they do. He had the nerve to call them hypocrites, a brood of vipers. He had the nerve to even challenge them, this lowly Jesus who would, bring children, and wrap his arms around, love them, take time to go see a, a sick girl, one that had died, take time to go to the down and trot. He's the one, one that was elevated and now sits at the right hand of the Almighty in heaven. The one who was willing to come as a servant and die for our sins, never knew sin, and yet he was willing to come, humble himself, and die has the nerve to challenge these religious people, the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the high priests, all of these individuals, and tell them, you are wrong. If you want to become great in the kingdom of God, become a great servant. If you want your words to matter, back them up by what you do. Have your words match your actions. You want to bring honor and glory to God? Not only give true words, but may they be accompanied by right actions. You have a responsibility to obey God's word, and that can only be done and through the Lord Jesus Christ. You can never do it on your own. If you know throughout the entire Bible, it points you to do it God's way. You want to have success in life? Do it God's way. Don't, don't look for the easy way out, but do it 
God's way. Do it God's way. There were some religious leaders who came to the Lord. There's Nicodemus. There were some private religious leaders, but for the most part, many of them refused to ever change in their actions. That should never be us. We should always be willing to change because the word of God is always doing a work in our lives. Would you stand with me? Towards the end of his life, as Jesus is about to go to the cross, (laughs) he has time to still warn and teach people. He has time to still give people the word and to let them know this is what you need to do. This is what you need to pay attention to. These are the important things to remember. Hear what they're saying. But don't do what they're doing. Today, Lord, we're praying that our words, what we say, will match our actions. We'll have a lifestyle that is in complete harmony with the word of God. May we be reminded and be very careful to always do that which you have asked us to do. And not only should we and help us to do what you've asked us, but then may we have the actions to say, I gladly will follow what the Lord has asked me to do. May our words be those words that encourage people, as well as call people out when they're wrong, followed by the act of loving people. May we be reminded that the Lord told the people the things that they didn't even want to hear at times, but yet was good for their very soul. We thank you right now that we have the word of the Lord. We have the word of God. May we have open hearts. May we not be resistant to the word of God. May we be open always to hear follow up on what you say. Thank you for loving us so much that you came to this world to die for us and then to give us life everlasting. Thank you for that right now. May we take full advantage of everything that you have for us. You have blessed us tremendously. You have blessed us beyond measure. You've given us a conscience. You've given us the ability to feel and to know things and and help us to not squander your love and your giftings. But, oh, may we use them for your full glory, recognizing that it's you that gets the glory because it's you that made us in your image. We love you today and we praise you. Now, as we leave this place today, may the word of God keep us. May we keep the word of God through the Holy Spirit who will work in and through us. May we meditate on these words, bind them to ourselves, and pray that we will tie them to our very lives. We're giving him all the glory. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. May the Lord bless you. Amen.